and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I am so happy to have you here and to introduce our guest this week, Natalie Calcedia. Natalie is a Cuban-American type 1 diabetes mom, mystic, illustrator, NFT artist, and podcaster who was born and raised in Miami, Florida. She teaches women how to connect to their inner knowing, experience divinity, and connect to their childlike wonder so they can feel empowered to face all of life's situations and have the courage to be themselves. Oh my gosh, you are in for a special treat with this conversation with Natalie today because we really dive into her story and even reading her bio, it's so beautiful that everything that she experienced, as you'll hear in this episode, she was able to come out of it with these tools and these ways to connect to your inner knowing, to connect to your inner divinity, and to know that life doesn't always feel that way and life isn't going to always feel that way. One thing I really appreciated that we talked about in this conversation is really the duality of life and the journey of life that we go on and how it is an ever-evolving healing journey and how she was able to combat her inner critic and her self-worth and really raise her self-worth to become an entrepreneur, to become a full-time artist, to become. And in this conversation, she talks about, you know, like you'll hear this in the episode, but I'm going to spoil it for you. But she talks about how she dropped out of design school because she didn't feel like she was good enough. And because she didn't feel like she was talented enough and she didn't see the point in continuing to go to design school when there were people out there who were more talented than her, who were more creative than her. And I'm spoiling it a little bit in this intro um, because I think it's so powerful, you know, hearing that evolution and how she had to overcome so many limiting beliefs in order to become the successful artist that she is today. And I think there are so many times that us as artists and creatives face those challenges and those roadblocks where we do want to give up, where we don't see the point in what we're doing. But if we can remember that life is a journey and that we are exactly in the place that we're meant to be and to trust the evolution that we're on, then such beautiful things can blossom. So in this episode, we also talk about flower essences as a healing modality. You'll hear a really fun dream that I had recently about flowers that felt very serendipitous that Natalie mentioned flower essences in this podcast episode because I had no idea she was going to talk about it or even bring it up. We talk about navigating grief during a pandemic. We talk about healing, self-love, and codependency. And we talk about what happens when the work, quote-unquote, stops working. So the work meaning these spiritual modalities that I share on this podcast and that, you know, we've tried. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes we do need to turn to alternative sources like medication. And so 
I think I said it a million times in this episode, but just really want to say thank you to Natalie for sharing her story, for sharing it so openly, because we can gain so much insight from it. So without further ado, let's dive into this conversation with Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Thanks so much for coming on the Creative Soul Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here and excited to speak with you about all these yummy, delicious topics. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So I'm going to start off with the first question that I ask everyone when they come on, and that's what is currently fueling your creative soul? Flowers. (laughs) Ooh, say more. Yes, yes. I am totally feeling, I've been in this flower vibe for the last like two years and it was introduced to me when my midwife had offered flower essences to help me with my postpartum depression and she had told me you know she's like order these and I tried it and at first I was like whatever <laughs> I think I was still like too much into this like chaotic energy of what was going on with having being a new bomb in a pandemic and but there was another remedy called by flower essence remedy and that one I really like sat down one day and I put it to the test for my anxiety and I was like all right buddy it's like me and you right now and I took the drops under my tongue I waited five minutes and then I took them again and then like I did that every five minutes for like 20 minutes and then I felt like the whole all of the anxiety dissipate And so I didn't know that after listening to a podcast, that's how I learned that for that type of use for the five flower, you're supposed to do it like that, like every five minutes until like the acute anxiety kind of fades. And that's when I got really turned on to them. And I was like, wait, there's something is here. You know, I'm not sure what it is. And I'm very, even though I'm super woo, I'm also super skeptical (laughs) and left brained. And I sabotage a lot of my spiritual side because of that whole like scientific left brain side of myself. And I just kept like digging into the research and learning more about them and just started inundating myself with the world of flower essences. And what really took it to the next level was I ordered an Oracle card deck of flower healing. Mm -hmm. And I have, I collect Oracle card decks and I never really connect to any deck as I guess as an artist, I collect the decks because I just love they're just so beautiful and I love just using them I don't even use them for readings like when I do give readings I don't even use them I just like for my own personal use but this deck I got it and I was like super clear I was receiving every single message all my readings were dead on like it was just like the flowers were able to speak to me and I don't have a green thumb mind you like I'm a city girl from Miami I'm not like running barefoot in the forest like I'm a Virgo don't dirty my feet like <laughs> so I'm just like so for me to connect with nature as much as I love it it's also not like my instinct but mm. with the flowers I was I don't know it was just this thing that I was like oh my god it's super clear like I understand everything and I just from then just started like studying the flowers and drawing them and then my daughter got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and I had like all my flower essences with me in the hospital and I started drawing flowers to distract myself but also to help myself like heal and learn so I just dove like head into this whole like flower essence and flower energy healing world and I got certified in flower energy healing with 
oh my God, Robert Reeves has like an online certification, which is different than the essences. But I just like, there's this whole other world. I had been in this whole spiritual world for ages and I had never kind of made the pit stop in flowers. Like nobody's really, it's not that mainstream mm. as like Reiki or shamanism or crystals or cards or tarot or whatever. And I was just like, oh my God, this feels like so delicious and nourishing for my soul. And I just needed that super yummy, gentle, loving, like feeling of being held by like a flower through such an insanely difficult time of the pandemic, my daughter's diabetes diagnosis and my dad dying. So I'm still like swimming in this like field of flowers and learning about them and taking courses and I ordered my practitioner kit and I'm just like want to make flower art and I'm just like in the space right now just like oh it's really yummy (laughs) oh my gosh you don't even know how much this means to me for so many reasons one you kind of discovering like this, this way of connecting with the natural world and connecting with earth. I have been on a very similar journey where I recently started, like, I never really was interested even really in like being outside or being in nature. Like I, as a kid, like I would be out in nature and I remember I would pretend I was a fairy and totally lost that connection to myself. But over the past couple of years have really dove into like plants and herbalism and connecting with herbs and foraging in my local area. And it's crazy that you started off with flowers because I had a dream like two nights ago where, and before I went to sleep, I set the intention to have the plant speak with me in a dream. And just, it it was, it was any plant. It wasn't specifically flowers. I just said like, will the spirit of plants speak to me in a dream, which probably to some people listening sounds odd, (laughs) but that was what came to me before I went to bed. I was like, I just want to dream about like, will the plants give me a message? And that night I had crazy dreams and the last, like, you know, when you go to like, you have several dreams in a night. And so the last dream that I had right before I woke up was that I was speaking to a woman who was a flower and she was like a a woman who was like, I understood her to be a flower. And she was saying that flowers breathe once that they inhale and that them blooming is like the sacred pause of between the inhale and the exhale. When they die, that's the exhale. And she was kind of telling me like, you know, remember the sacred pause of your breath. And like, as a human person, she was discovering the fact that she could breathe more than once and was like, just relishing in how good breath felt. And it was the most powerful, most potent dream I've had in a very long time. Wow. It's about a woman who was a flower. So the fact that you just started off flowers, <laughs> I was like, okay, we were meant to talk today. This is- I so have chills. Oh my God. What a beautiful dream. I even got teary-eyed. Holy moly. Um. wow. Yeah, yeah, shock. we gotta talk. We gotta talk more flowers. At we some gotta point. talk I had, more flowers. I heard that you were doing the the herbalism started the path. I heard that on one of your that podcast episode. So I was like, yay, she's doing herbalism. I want to hear more. So yeah, that's what I'm into right now, amongst other things. That's like oh my god, what's feeding my soul? Like I have projects that are unrelated, but but what's really like feeding my soul as a creative and a healer is that right now. Mm. 
Wow. Uh, that is incredible. Yeah. I'm so interested in unpacking your story. Cause it sounds like you've gone through a lot in your life and you've gone through a long period of healing and connecting back to your creativity after having repressed it for a long time. So I want to hear your story and kind of how, how you got to where you are today and, and what, what you had to move through. So my journey it's crazy. We all think we have a plan and then it's so not that. <laughs> and I started as a creative kid. Like I loved playing with Play-Doh and all the art, the craft stuff. And I grew up in middle school and high school drawing. Mm-hmm. And I graduated in high school with a graphic design certificate. And I went on to get, I hated school because I was always like a, a C student that skipped school all the time and was up to like no good (laughs) so but I was always in my graphic design class and I did desktop publishing also so I was always feeding like that part of me even though I was like into some nonsense and I went on to what I thought was going to be a two-year technical like degree in graphic design and I remember the day of being in the living room with my parents and saying look I hate school I don't I don't have any interest in being in 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 college or getting like a bachelor's let me just do a two-year technical degree back when those were worth something and I've just been doing graphic design which I really like and let's do it and they're like okay whatever so I started the graphic design program in a local community college and now my low self-worth and self-doubt starts creeping in Mm. and it shows its face this one time and this is when I I look back and I feel like so bad for myself. Like I just want to like hug like that inner child of mine that was 19 years old because I was in this illustrator class and the assignment was design a greeting card. And I was like, all right. So I draw the greeting card and this one guy made a badass greeting card. And I was so deflated because I was, and I was like, because it was his, and I think that mine was like next. And I was the fact that like mine wasn't the best in the class. And that might be like the whole Virgo perfectionist thing. I was so, I was like, why? Why try if people this good exist? Mm. Was like the way I took it. And I'm like, there's no point. So I quit the program. Mm. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, girl, why? Like, seriously, if you only had like a mentor, somebody you can speak to that could have like, explains you know life a little bit and kind of encouraged you and inspired you something something but I was just very black and white and I'm like nope this guy exists people like this exist I'm not this good forget it and I dropped out Mm. and then begins a long journey of changing majors a million times and I started working in under in undergraduate education but as an administrator, I was working in the university system as doing data analysis and enrollment management because I was a student assistant first. And then it was an easy transition to get into a career from student assistant to just like full-time adult job. I mean, like who grows up and says, when I grow up, I want to do enrollment management for college. Like nobody says that, <laughs> you know, no offense to anybody in higher ed right now, but really nobody tells you like, oh, when I grow up, I want to do this. Maybe like president of a university, but nobody's <laughs> like, I want to be like that person who's directing some like little department in a university. And I started 
dating, you know, I'm like a young woman now, I'm in my 20s, I'm starting to date, I'm on my own. And I realized, or I didn't realize, I realized a lot later that I was really starved for like love. Mm. And I felt that I was unlovable. I was super codependent. Oh my gosh, like my self-worth depended on how much value I can show you I had by like doing acts of service for you. So I would just try to fix, you know, the typical, like wanting to fix other people, because if you just sit there and do nothing, then you have no value. Like, why would somebody want to be with you was the negative belief. And so I just spent it as like a serial, like what's that term, like serial dater or serial relationship, codependent person, and just going from dating and dating and dating and broken heart and the devastation. And I was just like... I don't want to say the word boy crazy because that's it would that's more like high schooly middle schooly feeling but just kind of just starved for somebody to connect with mm-hmm. and all of my self-worth depended on that and I was in toxic relationships I didn't I wasn't putting all of my like creative energy into my talents into what I knew the skills that I had. And I had already made another mistake in that journey, or, you know, we say mistakes, but they're all lessons, right? Mm. Where I didn't attend the design school that I wanted to go to, because it was like a gazillion dollars, because I wanted to be an accessory designer in the beginning. And I was like, no, the design school that's here in Miami is like 30 grand a year. And this program's like two to four years, there's just no way And that was the first regret as far as like art path. So fast forward to my thirties, I made it through a bachelor's degree. I had like a million credits because I changed majors so many times where I managed to throw them all into a liberal arts degree with a minor in fine arts and another minor in religious studies. So now you start to see like, the little whispers of my soul starting to come out, you know, oh, like, even though I was super lost, you know, quote, unquote, I still got a minor in art and a minor in religion. Like now we're starting to weave this story of who I'm going to become. And then I take a break. I get Zumba fever. I become a Zumba instructor. (laughs) I love to dance. And that was a great decision. Let me tell you, I don't regret that one minute. I had the best time of my life until this day. I can't wait to start teaching again. And it's been over a decade. I get Zumba fever, hardcore. And then I'm like, all right, I got to get a master's degree because really a bachelor's degree in liberal arts is like a paperweight. So let me get a master's degree. And I didn't want to be the starving artist. Hmm. So I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I'm like, okay. I gotta, you know, like I'm not about being like the starving artist. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Let's get an MBA so I can learn about business and then I'll be some sort of designer that's not starving. And I go to MBA school with a minor, with a focus, I'm sorry, in entrepreneurship. And I was like the unicorn in class. Like, <laughs> I did not belong there. I made no friends. (laughs) I was like the colorful one in the corner, like super edgy and my hair is all like crazy and 
curly and shaved and super colorful and this and that and everyone's like very like serious straight edge and I'm just like sitting in my happy little bubble wanting to go twerk and go to work <laughs> and dance and just have a good time and crying through accounting and statistics and economics and wanting to quit many times along the way but the truth is that I loved the degree I loved the journey and it did balance it did balance me out and it was a great foundation and then is when university earth started and my healing journey began so I was like done numbing the pain and ignoring my issues with academic studies mm. and I had yet another relationship that failed and my partner at the time had come home like at three in the morning or four and I was like what the f like this is not cool and I was just over it and I was in my apartment the middle of the night I'm sobbing I like bend down on my knees I'm like looking out through the sliding glass door up to the night sky and I'm just like god like I need help like I something needs to change obviously I'm the common denominator and if all of these things are not working, it's clearly me. What do I have to do? Because I know I deserve happiness. And I started seeing a spiritual counselor. And that's when the whole healing journey began. So we fast forward now a few years. And I've done a lot of like the inner work and the inner child healing. And just working on all of those things that were causing you know, a lot of the self-destructive behavior and codependent behavior. And finally, you get to a point where now you've opened up some bandwidth and -hmm. you're no longer walking around triggered AF all the time about any little thing. Now you have some sense of tranquility inside and self-worth. And I knew who I was and I was just a more whole, like healed, complete person, not totally, because I feel like we're always healing forever. But I was just in a space where I healed enough to allow to create more bandwidth to allow like the yummy things of life to come in, which was more deep, meaningful relationships, creativity, fun relationships with women like deep relationships with my girlfriends family like things that I was never able to do before because I was operating like at a very emotionally unavailable surface level person Mm. and or chasing you know all of these feelings of like love and self-worth and now I was feeling the self-love and I was like oh cool I want to take this class and meditate. And I was doing my meditation practice and that was like a huge game changer and opened up even more bandwidth. And I just started like really opening up to my spiritual side, which opened up to all the healing and transformation, which then allowed me to start exploring things like Reiki and what initially was kind of like the beginning of the artsy side was I took a mandala healing course. There's this mandala therapy class called program called the the Masaryk method. And it's a mandala healing process. And I didn't even know what a mandala was. I was like, it's art stuff and it's (laughs) spiritual. Sign me up. I don't know. I'll figure it out when I get there. And I get there and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is a mandala. This is what they mean. This is all. And I've learned about all the magic about what mandalas are and do and 
and how you find them in nature and all of this like mystery and Carl Jung and all of the work he did with them and healing people in the psyche. And it was just like fascinating. And that's planted like the very first seed not planted the seed, but it was the very beginning of like my creativity starting to come back into my life and start showing its face. And I started doing like mandala coloring events and I still wasn't drawing though. I was just coloring for fun and facilitating. Mm. And then finally that led to me drawing them from scratch with a pen, which was like a huge learning lesson because I was like, I'm not going to draw with a pencil. I need to let go. So I need to be okay with whatever I draw on this paper, paper and ink and accept it for like what it is. Like we need to let go of control, Natalie. So we're doing these mandalas and in ink and it is what it is. And lo and behold, like it was okay. And things came out good and the mistakes were okay too. And I started, that became like these things that were not doodles, which was more of like just on ink and doing all these like kind of like it was doodling I don't know how to say it kind of like a kawaii meets doodle type style and I was just doodling for the sake of doodling and that was a big healing process so it just started flowing like one thing led to another to another to an ipad to drawing on the ipad to now learning to play around with Skillshare and taking and like reigniting my passion for art with using Skillshare.com to take many classes. And it just went like, it just started snowballing. And all of a sudden I was, I went from being a person that had wished, man, I wish I can be an artist one day. And I remember feeling the feeling I was doing as like the shamanic new year ceremony that I do. And my intention was to be an artist. And I remember that feeling of not feeling worthy of calling myself an artist oh no I just draw a few mandalas I'm not an artist and that was around 2014 2015 and just how every year I got deeper and deeper and it just allowed myself to create for the sake of creating and following those little whispers and trusting and letting go and just doing that over and over and over again till now that I'm finally happy to call myself an illustrator and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> I'm not scared of the word. I'm proud of it. I published two coloring books. I self-published two coloring books, a planner. I have an Etsy store with all of my unicorn animal characters that I sell on streetwear and stickers. And I just started NFTs and entered the whole NFT world. And so my collection drops for NFTs on June 26. So that's like another thing. So it's just like really unfolded. I'm doing grieving pillows. I'm drawing like these memorial portraits for people just because that's something I did to help myself get through the grieving about my father. So just so many things like as a multi-potentialite. Mm. I hate to say like, oh, I do Reiki or, oh, I just do Etsy or I just do that. They, uh, my core essence is artist and healer and it manifests in different ways. And just like when we started the conversation that it's like currently manifesting in the flowers, like my journey has made many pit stops as far as modalities and the way that it's been expressed. So yeah, that's kind of just, I know it's, it was a long answer. <laughs> no, it's so, I, oh my gosh, thank you. First of all, for sharing all of that, because I think 
there's so many things that I think so many of us can relate to even that like heartbreaking moment of you dropping out of design school because you felt like what's even the point of doing this because someone else is better. And I think so much of what you said, I think so many people can probably relate to because I think we've all had those moments where it's like, yeah, what is even the point? Like why, who am I to do this? And a lot of the stuff that you, you mentioned that you worked through as far as low self-worth and codependency, I think a lot of us can relate to that in different ways, depending on our experience, but really just that not honoring ourselves and honoring our creativity. And it's funny too, how that, like, like you said, the whispers of your soul and that thread of you being an artist has, has per- pervaded throughout your life, even though, you know, you were trying to get away from it because, because of, because of everything that you had gone through. And so I'm curious, were you able to trace, you know, those beliefs about low self-worth, those codependency relate like tendencies were during your healing journey, were you able to trace where those came from or, or what that came from? Yeah. Would you want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. So a lot of it was traced back to the environment I had at home. Yeah. It's it's crazy because you learn about like what the different types of trauma are like that that exist. And we think like oh PTSD and war trauma. And like, no, trauma can be like emotional neglect. Yeah. And it can be like growing up in a very sterile household. And that's what had happened to me. I had parents that were very good providers, but emotionally they were constipated. <laughs> so it was, you know, I, I was just thinking about this today. Like if I was crying for some reason in high school, my mom found me crying in my room, instead of asking me like, what's wrong or holding space for me or crying with me or cuddling me, she would give me $5 and say, go to Burger King. And that was like her way of making me feel better. She didn't know, like she yeah. was just didn't know. Like she had, so she didn't know how to express her own feelings, you know. Right. So to have an emotionally available like conversation with me was like never a possibility. So I didn't know, like I had no. I was just when it came to emotions and love and love languages and things, and and I was just was so starved for that. And that was just the result of having this very like emotionally sterile environment growing up. And they loved me. I have no doubt that they loved me to death, but it was just different and I needed something different. And, and then I learned about love languages and their love language was not words of affirmation or affection at all. <laughs> they were all acts of service and quality time but mm. for me I was like you don't tell me you love me and you're and then you don't hug me and I was like so you must not love me and it's like no Natalie like they buy you everything it's gifts galore they spend time with you because they want to like watch tv which to me I'm like oh you're next to me watching tv but you don't engage like you're not ta- you're not talking to me so again you don't love me and 
So all of these things, you know, and it manifested, obviously there's like incidents along the way and stuff, but the overall gist was just like, it was really hard for me to be emotionally available. And I didn't know how to connect with people because I didn't see that from them. I didn't witness them making like very healthy connections with friends or family. So it was really hard for me to navigate emotions and people and affection and my friends would make fun of me because I would hug them like well I wouldn't hug them but if they hugged me <laughs> then I would hug back like a cold fish and so <laughs> and they would hang on to me even longer to wait till it was really uncomfortable for me just to bother me <laughs> so, <laughs> they still do that to this day <laughs> but then I learned I was HSP and I'm a super highly sensitive person so like even touch was very overwhelming to my senses so it's just like all these different things, like my parents were HSPs, they didn't know it, they had their own work that they never got to do. And my mom's 80 and my dad passed in 2020, you know, and I'm just like, all right, this is the cards I was dealt. And this is how it manifested, how that environment manifested for me was like, wanting to be seen and heard and and loved and accepted unconditionally. There was a lot of like conditional love circumstances because they were a very traditional strict Cuban household. Mm. So a lot of like the beliefs were kind of intense. <laughs> so yeah, it did it. It wasn't good for like a really sensitive, creative child to grow up in, to navigate. But the the joke of it all is, is that both of them are exactly the same way if you peel away all the this. Like if you peel away all of the wounds, they were both super sensitive, creative, like souls mm -hmm. that just didn't get, you know, the opportunity to kind of nurture that. Mm, yeah, that's so heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. And that what you said really stuck with me of, I needed something different. And I think that is kind of our healing journeys to be aware of what happened and just the story of our lives in the most like non-attached way, just to be able to say like, this is what happened. And to be able to have that journey of self-discovery to understand what you did need and who you really are. And that just wasn't nurtured in our upbringing. And I think a lot of us can, I mean, I can definitely relate to that in my own ways and in the, in the own ways that, you know, what I needed from my parents and my caregivers that, that I didn't get. And that there is like a process for me, I found that there's been a process of really grieving that of really grieving what I didn't get and just like holding my inner child in that grief, because it's, it's heartbreaking that, that it could have been different and it wasn't, and it's okay that it wasn't. And of course there's gifts because it wasn't. And like, I do believe that not, maybe not that everything happens for a reason, but just that there are gifts in every circumstances and there's also not gifts. And there's also really hard things and really sad things. And that's part of life too. And that's, that's all right too, that it's, it's just part of the journey that we're on. And so something that I'm really curious to talk with you about is how and why this process of healing is really important to do before reaching success. Cause I, I find mm -hmm. that to be really, really poignant where I think a lot of people can find success 
in our world, because some of the things that are valued in our world, like hustle culture and pushing ourselves, distracting ourselves. I think a lot of people can distract themselves from their own pain by diving into work. I mean, even like you said, you've got an MBA, which in our society's world, that, that, that is a definition of success, you know, to get an MBA that's, that's incredible. But I think it's so interesting to see, to look at how we define success, to look at how society defines success and how many people who we think have reached success, either educationally, financially, all those things, how they maybe have reached that from a place of, of wounding and a place of trying to prove their worth and trying to, you know, continue to prove something because they haven't had that time and space or that awareness to be able to really look at where that all comes from. So I think it's really brave to take a step back and not participate in all of that or participate in all of it with the awareness that of the intentions of why you're doing something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So everybody's journey is obviously different and for me, I had no choice. Like I didn't choose to be like, let me heal first so I can then be successful. I had no choice. It was like, if I don't heal, then there's not even a possibility for love, much less success. So like, I wasn't even focused on, you know, the, the success part was secondary for me. I just wanted to like be in relationship with, with this idea of like a loving partner and and what that would look like and it was a requirement and it's like I feel like if something's not working and you can't like and you're stuck and you're not going forward then just really either you stay stuck or you walk through that fire and you do the work and doing the work is gonna manifest in so many different ways for people because everybody's different. So what worked for me may not work for you, which is why I did my podcast so I can present episodes about all sorts of different types of healing modalities, because maybe that's the one that's going to work for you, but maybe it didn't work for me, but I want to put this all like here, this buffet for you of healing tools. So you can find what works for you and run with it. Mm. Because once you at least do some of the work, it's not even to say like, oh, when I'm finally fully healed hundred percent, then I could show up in the world. It's not like, it's a process and you just need to open up a little bit of bandwidth to then start creating the stuff that you really want to create in your life. And little by little, like the table starts turning and you have more of that creative, like good stuff. And you have less of the healing stuff on your table. And it was the only way for me to move forward because I was walking around triggered all the time. I was triggered about everything and anything. It was ridiculous. Like I was just constantly consumed by emotional triggers about what this person said or did or didn't do or what I said or didn't do or what I should have or whatever, like just being constantly like, oh my God. So there was no energy or time or bandwidth to sit and dream about goals and dream about what lights me up and sitting in meditation and connecting with spirit and having mystical experiences or even just being present with nature and connecting with like that level of magnificence that's around us that we take for granted. Like all of these amazing things, I was 
I was just closed off to because I was just sitting there like this ball of like chaotic energy and internally, emotionally. So for me, I had to unravel and unpack a lot of that in order for me able to move forward because there was going to be no way that I was going to be an artist, a businesswoman, podcaster, even a Zumba instructor. Like none of that would have not happened if I hadn't done the healing work because if I felt like I had no self-worth, how is that going to translate into everything that I do? Yeah. You know, there's just no way you can show up if you have no no self-worth because people can feel that, you know, it's just not going to work. However, I don't think this is this journey for everybody. And I feel like what comes to mind is a journey for a lot of males where with the masculine energy, I feel because of the help of the testosterone in them, they, you can create and there's so much of that fire energy to move forward and make things happen but that's why you hear very typical of like the man who's very or the person that's like super successful and they make it to the top and then they're alone and Mm -hmm. then when they're at the top they're sitting with all their feelings and they realize like all of the empty relationships and how they feel about themselves and then they jump out a window Mm. And that's not good. And you hear like that typical like story. And that's, I feel like for them, some are for those types of stories, like it happens backwards. Like they do all of the hustle and make it to the top and then they'll either fall apart or they start their healing journey. So it's just going to look, it's whatever your path is going to be, but it's going to show up. And the other thing is, and I think of, of my dad, when I say this, that sometimes it's just not meant to, not even for a couple people, it's just not meant to be in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like, it just may not be like written in your story for this incarnation to show up and be the light worker. Like, you're just going to hear, come and do the thing and then exit. And it is what it is. Like, I don't think everyone's going to necessarily wake up in this current lifetime. It just may not be time. And for their soul's evolution, and it's it sucks to see it, but I feel it has a much bigger role in the tapestry of life. But it's just hard when you're there with with that situation. So yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. how I yeah. see that. Yeah, I really I really resonate with that because I think it can be so heartbreaking to even hear about your parents and you identifying that they're very similar to you, but they didn't get the opportunity. Their parents didn't teach that to them. So, you know, the society that they grew up, didn't teach that to them. So to, to then watch them go through life and then pass and move on without ever having gotten gotten without ever having that chance is so heartbreaking, but to remember that we all come here for a reason. We all come here for our lessons and it was, that was that this lifetime wasn't about that. And maybe in the next one, they'll get that opportunity or maybe, you know, maybe they learn something in this lifetime that's going to carry them forward in their next journey, wherever that may be. But I think that's really interesting. Yeah. That you brought that up. And they may not feel like it's, it doesn't mean that my dad was like unhappy when he went, he could have been like totally fulfilled and happy. And be like, all right, I came, I did my thing. No regrets. You know, I might be sitting here like, oh, you did it, you know, wake <laughs> up and see all your true child and, you know, heal all your inner children and release all this anger and 
you know, come to, I don't know, do a shamanic journey with me. Like, you know, he, but he might have like, just not cared about any of that. But like, look, I came, I did my thing. I had a good life. It is what it is. And peace, I'm out, you know, totally. and had like no issues with it. I'm the only one that might've been like, oh, shucks. But <laughs> we just got to trust that, that it, it was what it was supposed to be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm curious because I, you've talked about like doing the work and I know that it can look so different for so many people. And I, yeah, really what you said resonated too about, you know, all of these modalities, some might work and others might not. And so I'm curious for you, what did the work look like? Sorry. I love this question because if you would have asked me this before I became a mom, my answer would have been very different. And then I'll show you, I'll tell you the, the different, definitely to help anybody that might go through this transition also. So doing the work for me was doing spiritual counseling with a therapist, but he was trained as a professional, like marriage and family counselor. Like he had all the regular academic credentials, but then he transitioned into spiritual counseling because he started incorporating spirit into the conversation and energy and past life work and hypnotherapy and and his main focus was inner child healing and that was like the common thread through a lot of the years was doing that type of talking therapy with the spiritual counselor however to complement that I did energy healings, so I did Reiki sessions, I did soul retrievals with a shaman, I did just different types of body work, the mandala, like therapy, you know, like art therapy, connecting with nature, you know, just going out and learning to commune with nature, different ceremonies, like I remember at one point I was like standing in the river in Sedona and they're like throwing, clearing my chakras, throwing buckets of water into my chakras in ice cold water like oh my gosh there's like all sorts of like different things that you're just like yeah let's do this and let's see if it works and it was amazing I think that's where Wim Hof gets his I give him all the credit because I felt significantly better after that river but just I tried so many things and then I also started studying I became a Reiki master universalist minister I started understanding just kind of relating I really connected with shamanism and within the world of shamanism, the best tool for me out of outside of therapy was shamanic journeying. Mm. It was just very easy for me to drop in to trance, connect to a power animal, ask for guidance and receive whatever healing and information that I needed. Like it just worked for me and hands down the shamanic journeying together with the therapy was fantastic because I would be triggered about whatever happened that week. I journey about it. I'd come out of the journey with all of this like insight about what happened. I journal my experience and whatever lessons and messages that I got in the journey, I'd take it back to therapy and be like, look, this is the trigger. This is the journey. These are the insights. Like, what's up and he would tie it all together and I was just like we were able to go so deep so fast because I was like working I guess you could say like multi-dimensionally working on my personal you know the, the surface level plus working with spirit and just really even past life stuff and and 
I'm the person that hears a word past life and rolls like I roll my eyes like because again it's that side of me that's like seriously I have enough problems I don't want to deal with past life stuff like really can this really affect our present life and I hate to admit it but it's true it does because I've done past life healing and I've legit like even healed phobias so I just that was like the biggest tools was doing the journeying and the therapy the journey and therapy and in between I sprinkled it with all sorts of like little random modalities of whatever popped up that sounded cool and sound baths and goddess yoga and I don't know I mean there's so many amazing fun things to do out there in the world of like alternative healing you just that you just got to see like what shows up in your life and again follow that whisper and go check it out and see it might be like a tool for the moment or it might be like hands down the tool that's going to change everything for you or it's going to be the tool that's going to be there for a while and then you can put it away forever you don't know but that was what the work was for me. It was journaling. It was just constant introspection for years, for a few years. Like the first two years were like super intense. And then after that, it was like, I would do it and then take breaks because things would come down. And then I'd have the next like big, like life change or something to go through. And I'd go back, see my counselor, work through all of whatever that phase was and then and be in and out. And that's kind of how it's been ever since. So I had like this really big toolbox of spiritual and practical tools to help me cope with my anxiety and whatever self-worth I was issues I was having and or I never really was a depressed depressed kind of person my stuff really manifested as anxiety I was the one that would stay busy like constantly to avoid things so that was the work but then I was single right I was single in my 30s working full-time you know a decent salary I had nothing to do except work and work on myself so I had my full-time job and then the rest of the time I was just like healing that was my my part-time job after the full-time was just doing all the healing work and introspection and the spiritual journey so I had time and I'm gonna say it this way to kumbaya my way through my problems like I had that the luxury of time and bandwidth right the solitude nobody's on my ass about anything I'm living alone I have money in the bank so I can do whatever I needed to do like I wasn't worried about necessarily finances I lived in Miami which is insane when it comes to cost of living but still like I was okay so I could just sit and journal for hours I had the luxury to cry for hours the luxury to sit and like oh I'm gonna line all my chakras and talk to my power animal and my spirit guides and go do you know go on a retreat go to Sedona and meditate like whatever like I had the luxury of time and bandwidth and then I had a baby and all of that went out the window (laughs) and I looked at my toolbox and I was like none of this shit works right now (laughs) Mm. what am I gonna do like I don't have time to sit here and reflect about any of this I don't have time I'm too exhausted like obliterated exhausted to even sit with my feelings and meditate like nothing because if I were to close my eyes I'd pass out asleep like from the exhaustion Mm. and then 
I went, I had severe postpartum depression. I had the baby in the middle of the pandemic in July, 2020, four months later, my dad dies mm. kind of unexpectedly. Like from the time I knew he was sick to the time he died was like four months. Wow. And because we were in quarantine, I couldn't spend the time that I needed. And I was going through my own major like crisis with a postpartum depression and a newborn and being a first time mom with the pandemic stress, him being elderly, the cancer, he dies. And I'm still like, okay, I don't have a choice. Nothing in my spiritual toolbox is working. So I've got to take medication. And that Mm -hmm. was a really big, like, moment where I was like, damn, you know, I've avoided taking anything for so long. I haven't had to because meditation and the work and exercise worked for me. Like I would Zumba if I needed to move my body. I wasn't a yoga person. I still am not, even though I like to be spiritual. I'm not the yoga type, but I love Latin. So I need to like salsa my problems away, you know, <laughs> like and reggaeton and all stuff. Like I need to do it that way. So I couldn't, so I couldn't have the time to go take a Zumba class. We're in the pandemic, nor can I leave a newborn alone. I can't meditate beyond exhausted I can't journal because I can't I was just like so torn apart and irritable and just like in this very chaotic state of like emotionally that I felt like I was inaccessible to like my inner landscape like I couldn't access it Mm. and I needed to show up for my baby I needed to make sure that she's alive and that she's happy and then I need to take care of this like newborn child and I can't just I can't sit there and now kumbaya my way through my problem like, there's no way it's just it's not available to me so I had to resort to taking antidepressants mm. and that's where I got like a new respect for them because it did the job like it allowed me to like and I'm going to use the the word for me is like stuff it away because medications don't help you transmute the root of any issue. It just gives you the ability. It just gives you bandwidth to deal with life. You know what I mean? Like if you're too depressed to get out of bed, you're going to take the medication and now you're going to be able to feel good enough to get out of bed and take a shower and go get the help you need. But it's not going to show you like the root of what's happening. So it gave me the ability to take care of my child, show up and not be dying of anxiety because the anxiety was insane with a newborn. Then the grief of my dad passing till this day is enormous Mm. and navigating the grief, navigating the pandemic. And then four months after my dad dies, the baby gets type one diabetes out of nowhere. Like none of us, nobody, there's no family history. And that monster lands. So my toolbox now got replaced with medication. Like it's no more like rattles and medicine drum and prayer and crafting, like sacred spiritual crafting that I would also love to do and ceremony. And none of that was a thing anymore. I had to just turn it all off and put it in a box. And I even had to put, to make it even more like literal, because I had to childproof my house, I had to put away my altar. Mm-hmm. So I, so that like my altar was always like in my room 
somewhere since 2014, since I started my spiritual journey. And it was such a major non-negotiable part of my life. Like my altar was my spiritual office. So many, like that's where I would sit and connect and magic and heal. And it was just like the place for me. And for that to have to, for me to have to close up shop like that amidst the hardest time of my life was insane. Mm. And I'm like, I felt like I was floating, like, what, how, like, what am I doing? So cue flower essences. I ain't got to talk about my feelings with flower essences. I don't have to talk to nobody. You take, you talk to, well, you see a flower essence practitioner, they hear what's going on. Then they have their methods on how to create a flower essence formulation specific to what you're going through. And you take this like prescription of flower essence, like this blend formulation for three weeks at a time. And then you revisit your practitioner, see what's working and they'll formulate another, another one for you for the next three weeks. And like every month you have like a different flower essence formula and the flower essences just have this way of holding you so gently and like working behind the scenes to unravel things. And then when you look back, you're like, oh my God, all of those things that I was like wanting help with, it came to the surface and all these things shifted and it's so gentle. It's not like, it's usually you don't, it's not like taking ayahuasca and then you're like, oh my God, you're having an experience. It's just like behind the scenes, like you have a virtual assistant behind the scenes, just like working away and doing what it needs to be done to bring to the surface what needs to change and transmute and come into your awareness or just shift like there's definitely a mystical quality to it it's not just like the the vibrational message essence at base value there's definitely some sort of other mystical quality to the flowers that are also like helping you and you felt that and you just met that recently right when you met that flower woman so that was a part I wasn't ready for. Where I was like, whoa, there is definitely something else going on in addition to just taking these drops into my tongue. And that was the only thing I can do. One, for financial reasons, because flower essence therapy is a lot cheaper than going to traditional therapy. It was meant to be a medicine of the people. So it's very affordable. You can buy your own kit, make your own formulations. You don't have to know anything about the flowers. You can use a pendulum and figure out what you need. So it's just one of these things that it's become the tool for this stage in my life because none of the tools that I had before having a baby were I couldn't use them. So it became my meds or not meds. I have one Prozac, one antidepressant flower essence therapy you know the flower essences and now finally that the baby's almost two years old I'm starting to sneak away and I'm recreating like a magical meditation space in my house where I'm like this is priority I sat with spirit I'm like what do I need to do to feel better and have more energy and spirit was like you need to cultivate that spiritual energy first. And then from there, everything else is going to kind of unfold and come into alignment, but just fill yourself up even with like with the spiritual energy first, before you even ask for like the physical energy. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. So I've just been like immersed in redecorating the little room I have and turning it into my meditation space so I can reconnect to 
to the magic again and to spirit and to my own divinity and to my old tools that I miss still very much. So that's how the work, the work then and the work now, that's what it looked like. Wow. I, oh my gosh, I'm, my soul and my heart is like beaming because I so appreciate you sharing that. Cause I, I, again, can really relate to that journey of these things that serve you and make you feel magical and good and in the spiritual realm and connecting and in this divine channeling space. And then, you know, there are different seasons of life and different things support us at different times. And even that kind of vulnerability and being able to admit that, okay, all of these things that I've done before aren't working. I need something else. And in that case, medication can really help, especially when, you know, you're going through the postpartum stuff and the hormones and, and all of that. And that's okay. If you need that support and how beautiful that it then wraps around the flower essences, which is what we began talking about. And now this is like another support that has been shown to you. And it just reminds me that throughout our journeys in life, like there will be those times where we feel really magical and connected. And there will be these times where we feel really disconnected. And it's not that one period is better than the other, but trusting the path and trusting that things will be shown to you as you need them. And so I think it's really cool that now you've connected with the flowers and the, the way that they're supporting you and just what a cool modality to dive into. I like want to do all the research about it too, especially now that it like connects to this dream that I've had a couple nights ago. So it, it just reminds me of, of, of just the pain and the struggle and also the beauty and magic that life is, which is, it's all of those things. And so just thank you for sharing so much of your story and your experiences in just such this like authentic way, because it really, your story today has really, really deeply touched me and just reminded me of, of all of those things. So yeah, I just wanted to say thank you. I'm happy to share and I'm just grateful that we were able to connect and that and if my story can help someone else that'd be great just because it's been I would start on my spiritual journey from 20 like 12 and 2019 I got pregnant and from 2019 to now like has been the hardest years of my life Wow. I mean, like, it's one of those things where I'm 42. So I was already like older. I'm like, I already been around for a little bit and experienced different things. And, and life is, you know, hard, but men to go through like your kid being diagnosed with something, a, not only my parent, but my best friend died of cancer. My cousin died of a heart attack. Suddenly my like shaman mentor died of cancer. Like I had all these deaths happen within a two year, like span at the same time, like all of these different things, like I really underestimated like how like how hard life can be and I, I'm fortunate that I guess I feel like now looking back I felt like I felt I was very charmed I had a very charmed life mm. and I'm grateful for that because it's been so hard and there's no words to like when somebody is going through difficult stuff like there's just there's nothing that anyone can say to make you feel better other to make you feel better other than just like being there with them yeah and just letting them know that they're not alone is probably the only thing like the best thing because everybody's medicine and everybody like 
it's just I have such a new respect for life you know and and for grief like this world of grieving I was unfamiliar with like I had not really be, like become familiar with a chapter of grief yet as an adult and then I got like quickened into the whole subject and just the journey of grief and grieving what could have been like I've had to grieve the journey of what it would have been like to have a, a baby without diabetes what would I have been doing with a normal toddler I don't know what that would have looked like mm. and what life would have been like my plans had to change and she's healthy and it's you know people live with diabetes all the time but it's a really difficult disease so I've had to mourn like we're constantly mourning like that's just something that's come to 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 light recently it's like we're all constantly mourning something it just doesn't have to be that somebody passed and we need to be aware of that and hold ourselves like very gently through that process and learn to ask for help like mm -hmm. I've had to even become vulnerable enough to the moment where I was on on Instagram I said look I did an Instagram story I said today I have an enormous amount of anxiety can is anybody available to come over and just keep me company like it's it's just really hard for me to like ask for help to that degree like on an Instagram story like not call up a girlfriend but just like put a blast out there <laughs> like mm. somebody on this feed like come spend time with me because it's really hard it's it's a humbling process so I'm just like man don't give up I feel like connecting with spirit is the quickest way to kind of pull yourself out of the funk is like like getting back into the magic of things whether it's meditation pulling an oracle card doing a yoga like whatever puts you in that zone of feeling like that that magic with spirit or with nature is the quickest way to remember like that there's a bigger expansiveness to life and connection and then just little by little every day add things into your life that bring more of that and just commit to a little bit every day to kind of pull yourself through and and it's seasonal it's yeah. definitely seasonal but you just gotta hold on because oh man <laughs> oh man wow well yeah this has been amazing I feel like I could seriously talk to you for hours there's so many things that we didn't get to but as we're wrapping up I want to ask you about resources I love sharing resources on this podcast and so are there any resources that you want to share with us? Maybe where can we dive into flower essences if we want to learn more about that? Yeah, anything that's coming through. Resources. Okay, so flower essences. Ooh, there's essencementoring.com. So this is for flower essences. And her name is Ruth. And she's just amazing when it comes to flower essence therapy. She's like, one of the pioneers in the whole like world of, of flower essences it seems and she does the practitioner courses to become a flower essence society practitioner and she does free circles so if you want to just like check it out she does free flower like flower circles I forgot what the, the correct term is that she uses every month and they cover a different essence every month and a deep dive and she like shows you how to connect with it and and collectively we study the flower and, or the tree and 
all of its different qualities and kind of like as a collective intuit, like its healing properties. And it's fascinating. So that's like the the thing that I'm currently into and where and who I'm, I'm following to learn more about the essences. I love Insight Timer as a as an app for meditation and expanding like your spiritual world. There's so many amazing meditations, meditation music and teachers on Insight Timer. And now they've added mentoring and courses and live events. Like the app has gone from like this little grassroots thing to this like amazing tool and it's completely free. So definitely take advantage of that. My podcast uh, has tons of information. There's a probably, I don't say tons, that might be a little extreme, almost 40 episodes that cover different healing modalities and the name of the podcast is Pachanga and Possibility. And what else as far as resources? There is a power animal retrieval meditation on Insight Timer that I have. So if you want to check that one out, and you want to find out what your power animal is. It's a, it's, and I did it a very like not shamanic. I did it more like fairy-ish, like very light version of it so if you want to find out what your spirit animal is you can check that out it's on there on inside timer just look up my name and as far as resources yeah that's that's what i reckon of course and i know i'm sure you've talked about this reading the artist way Mm. I, i mean that's like a classic so definitely that's another amazing one and just just follow the whispers man like whatever's like appeals to you that's like hey that looks cool okay go sign up go do it (laughs) yeah don't wait like follow that because it's gonna keep it's gonna start weaving the story Mm, awesome thank you i'm so excited to check out both the flower essences and your power animal retrieval so i'll definitely check that out and where's the best place for people to connect with you or website the best place is both Instagram and my website. So my website is my name, nataliecalzadilla.com or calzadilla, if you want to say it. <laughs> it's a non-cube in English, calzadilla, C-A-L-Z-A-D-I-L-L-A. Natalie, it's I-E. And nataliecalzadilla.com. I used to be natalieonelove.com because I didn't want to make people spell out my last name. Oh, and then I did the numerology on my name and it was like definitely a good idea to make people spell out my really long name that's rhymes with quesadilla so there's that and then Instagram pretty much is my the handle is the same thing at Natalie Garcadia on Instagram and those are the two best places honestly to to find me sign up for my email list because people are getting scammed on instagram left and right with like fake accounts the spiritual community has been targeted so bad with people creating fake accounts and offering free readings and trying to make money and steal like from people's audiences and 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 my friend's account got held ransom and deleted like they called her on, they messaged her on WhatsApp and said, if you don't give us this amount of money, we're deleting your Instagram account. And she was like, okay, you can keep it. And they deleted her account. And I can't tell you, she had tons of followers and she was another spiritual teacher and she got freaking hacked, like awful, awful. So people listening, like follow, get on the email list of all your favorite people because crazy stuff's happening. So if you want to stay in touch with your favorite people, find their email list and subscribe. If you don't want it in your inbox, create a filter 
in your inbox where it goes into like another folder so it doesn't bother you but you can find them later like something but just like get on everybody's email list because like instagram's getting it's, it's crazy what's been going on oh, and then you know if they get shut down <laughs> then you're out of gas you won't find your people again so definitely. yeah i feel like that stuff is out of control right now so i'm glad you mentioned that reminder but yeah i just wanted to say thank you so much natalie this has been amazing and I'm so excited to check out all of your art too and your coloring books. And yeah, just thank you for coming on and sharing your story today. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful speaking with you and connecting with you. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.